Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences, and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. I'm here. Hello, one, two, three, and then we can come back. Hi. Okay, and then this is our outline. You ready? Hmm. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. This is Ping. Hi, this is Lewis. This is episode number seventy. And before we start, we're gonna talk about、uh, our marriage, and then some of the lessons that we learn from our cross-cultural marriage. And then, before that, I wanna invite you to subscribe to our channel, Chai with Ping, on whatever you listen to your podcast to. And also, I'm available on YouTube. Recently, I started that account, and then I'm also on Facebook or Instagram. So. Feel free to shoot me a message and、uh, give me your feedback or ask more questions. So, Louis, where shall we begin? Let's start with your questions. That's right. Well, just a little background for the listeners. So, my name is Ping, and then I'm from Taiwan, and Louis is from. Louis is from India. Yes, and we have been married for six years now. Actually, today. Today is our sixth anniversary. We are up in the mountains here in Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah, and then we just thought about recording one episode about a recap of our cross-cultural marriage to、um, share some lessons that we have learned in the past few years. So, Louis, how did we start dating? How how was that phase for you? So, I was living in Delhi, and for around six, seven years. And Ping just came, moved to India at that point of time, and we were、uh, going to the church, same church. That's where we met for the first time and、mm. started dating. We talked a little bit more about this in our previous episode, episode number five zero fifty. Yes. If you want to know more, you can tune into that one. That's right. And yeah, like I guess it was、uh, love at first sight, and then、mm. we start, we thought about dating. We initially thought that we should just meet as friends for some time, and then get to know each other a little bit before we jump into dating or something. Yeah. So yeah, we we went on a trip with、uh, some friends, some really good friends of ours. Yeah. To Jaipur. Yeah. And. And during that trip, we felt comfortable of that. Yeah, we're there. That we should be dating each other.、Mm. And before we actually decide to date,、um, I was very intentional asking about like different deeper questions and all that. And so we were like. Distance, right? Like I was in Taiwan and you were in India during that、uh, winter break. So about a month, we chatted on Facebook, and then I asked intentional questions like about your your values, your family, your background, your history, and your passion, and all that, or future plans. So I think、um, it's very easy to find those questions, like you know, before dating someone that we can always get to know each other, especially it's a long distance relationship. So. Um, uh, we were doing that, and then we asked enough questions, and I, I thought, hmm, in 2013, maybe it's there's that many questions, but then like, when do we actually take that first step into dating? So,、um, yeah, in 2016, we started dating. 
I remember that part that mm. when we just met each other before dating, we we went back to Taiwan for your vacation, and mm. I went back to my hometown, Dehradun. Yeah, and then. Uh, it was almost a month yeah. time of your vacation, and that's when we started knowing each other more online. Yeah. Like, thanks to the messenger, we mm. use Facebook Messenger to chat a lot. Mm. I definitely was not prepared, like what to ask. So Ping did some research, what we should know about each other before we get into dating. So she had a whole list of great questions to understand me better, mm. and I was just asking the same questions back to her she would ask me a question and, and mm. answer that and then i would say huh what about you what do you do in this case oh what do you like in this <laughs> scenario so i didn't have to do much research on that part but i think that was really helpful mm. those questioning rounds really helped us to understand a little bit more about each other before we we thought more about each other yeah and i think what is unique is about we didn't have any intimate relationship before each other so then i remember at that night that uh, we were chatting online and i was like hey so have you ever had any other girlfriends and who are they how are they like and then you're like what did you say yeah i was like you might sound weird but i have this is the... I mean, I haven't had any girlfriend before. <laughs> it's not like I didn't try. Mm. The girls I liked didn't like me enough. And um, the ones like me, I was not into them. Yeah. So apparently I didn't have any girlfriend before. Were you uh, feeling like you. awkward? I wasn't feeling Answering. awkward, but uh. it was just like just a strange truth about my relationship history. Yeah. But what was even more strange is that when you said... Really, it's been the same like me <laughs> with me that yeah. you never had a boyfriend. I never had a boyfriend. And, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, ooh. So there was actually like a literal like rush in my body. I was like, oh, that like this person didn't have any relationships. And I was 27. Like I think you were like 26 and a half or something. So yeah. then it's like it is in our culture, it's still pretty late not to have a partner or girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. So... So I was like, ooh, okay. I I don't find it strange because like I'm exactly like you. So I think that was a place of special um piece into our relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then fast forward after dating for um um one year, right? And then the you you went to Taiwan for a trip? Yeah, after that one year of dating, uh, I decided I want to know more of your culture, see your folks, see your people, and then, yeah, so went on a trip, mm. a 10-day trip, yeah, and see, to see different places in Taiwan, so yeah. thank you for letting me uh, visit your friends mm. and introduce me to your family, your church friends, and your family was really kind to uh, take me around. I, mm. I mean, I didn't stay at your place. I lived nearby in a in a hostel. Yeah. And then, but your dad was so kind to take out time, and the entire family took me to a couple of places in Kaohsiung. Yeah. And then later, we both went to on trip to different cities in mm. Taiwan. That was really um, good experience for me because that was my first international trip. Uh, to be honest, yeah. Yeah. And then in 2015, there was something major happening. Where did you go? You went to Taiwan to study. Oh, yeah. Like after that trip. Uh, <clears throat> and then when I came back to India and we were still dating. And I guess um, 
I thought of doing masters because I didn't after my bachelor's I didn't do masters I went straight into work and I was working it's been it was around seven years and I thought I'd do masters but like maybe online or something mm. but when I thought maybe I should live in Taiwan for a couple of years I thought doing masters would be the the, the best way mm. to uh, live in a foreign country without uh much visa issues because yeah. getting work in Taiwan is not that easy because of the language mm. so yeah I got into MBA in uh, National Tsinghua University yeah. in Taiwan in Xinchu mm. if my dad didn't encourage you to explore different options would you have? huh your dad? Yeah. <laughs> did he encourage me? <laughs> really? Yeah. just kidding yeah I think yeah so Ping's dad did kind of encouraged me during my first trip that would you like to um, explore some of the other countries mm. and uh, before you think more about the relationship yeah. and I was like that's a fair point maybe yeah this could be a good way to have international exposure mm. so yeah I found an international MBA course yeah wait but before before at. we land on that option mm -hmm. actually my colleague who is from Japan, Josuke, Professor Josuke. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for bringing this idea. He was like, so we talk about like, I don't think Louis can actually work in Taiwan because like there's no language and also no, mm -hmm. like you're in the finance area. So it's, I don't think it was easy for you mm -hmm. to find a job over there. Mm -hmm. And so Josuke just kind of told me, he's like, oh, you know, in your Taiwan center, you always promote uh, for student, Indian students to go to Taiwan and study. And, mm -hmm. you know, they have scholarship. Why don't, why don't you refer Lewis to do the same? So I was like, ooh, that's a new idea. Mm -hmm. And then so you applied. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately, I did not get that scholarship yeah. for the first year mm. at all. So I had to pay for the <laughs> yeah. whole entire education thanks uh, to, to my dad. I mm. took some m money from him and used up all my saving almost. Mm. And for the first year and then the second year, I did qualify for the... Uh, scholarship, so I got partial scholarship. I yeah. guess, or full. I don't remember anymore, but I did get scholarship the second year based yeah. on performance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then first year that you went to Taiwan for the first semester, in between that December of 2015, we decided to to get married, and uh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> how, how was that look like for you i guess uh initially when uh we went when i was, went to taiwan to study so the plan was like to study there for two years and maybe after the uh, after i graduate mm. we can think about getting married and everything but once i was there in taiwan and studying and um after my first semester there, I was doing a lot of thinking and considering our age, we were like, what, all, all approaching 28. Yeah. And then also the time in education, mm. plus our future plans, because you wanted to study, you do PhD. That's right. So I felt that if we wait two years for... For, you to finish uh, for me your to masters. finish masters, and yeah. after that two years, I will be looking for a job. Yes, and then if you want to do PhD at the same time, and then we add getting married at the same time, that'll be a lot of complex things going on mm. at the same point of time in life. So 
I kind of first convinced myself that it's better to get married first, mm. and then when I get when I get the graduation done, then that's when I can start searching for the job. Once I have that, then Pink can start do her PhD. So it'll be like we have will you know tackle these things one by one. Because mm. initially I was not in this. Um, I was not really convinced that. Uh, while I'm a student, I should get married because I was not technically had no income source yeah. of income. But then I guess we realized that we could still survive on savings or whatever. Mm. And you were very supportive. You said that because I asked you the question, would you like to like get married to a student? And you said that, you know, it's just phase of life that maybe right now I'm working, you're studying, maybe in the future you will be working, I'll be studying. So yeah. that gave me comfort. And then mm. I had to let go of my pride a little bit that, okay, I can get married without having a proper job and yeah. source of income. Yeah. And I think that was one of the best decisions we took because mm. because of that, we did not have to handle all the things at the same time. Yeah. Well, the transition was not particularly easier. So, um, I was in India from 2013 to 16, and then you were there from 15 to almost 17. So then it's like, when we got married in between, you were you were in Taiwan and I was in India, and then we came from the, the winter break, and mm-hmm. then we met in Delhi and got married. Mm-hmm. But then uh, both of us, we went back to our own place. Like mm-hmm. I was in India, you went back to Xinjou. Mm-hmm. And after six months that we mm-hmm. met in Taiwan, in Xinjou, and then we started living together. Mm-hmm. So you finished your second year of master's mm-hmm. and I was working mm-hmm. as a uh, English teacher in an elementary school. Mm-hmm. So that transition was hard uh, more for me because I, I all of a sudden changed everything. You know, when I moved to Xinjou, I had never lived there. Even I'm a Taiwanese, but I've never lived there. I don't know many people in Xinjou, I changed the job. I moved from country to another country. I changed my whole career trajectory because, like, English teaching is different than Mandarin. And then I was teaching kids, so it's very different from college students. And then living together with husband, newly wed, so that was very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a step back on that. And yeah, that was challenging. That we got married, and after getting married. I was living in your country in Taiwan and mm. you were living in my country in India. And why we had to do that is because uh, your program in India needed you to work there as a director for another six months. Yeah, to and, finish an academic year. Yes, yeah. and, which made sense. So, And I thought that I could take a break for one semester from my studies, mm. live in India with you, and then we can go back to Taiwan. Together. I approached, I asked my program but they did not allow me to take a break they said that it's not possible technically based on the courses that are offered and so i had no choice to you know i had to study so i had to go back to taiwan and take all my courses in that semester yeah so that kept us long distance even the first six months of our getting married so that was one of the challenges i would say you know we Mm. faced uh and uh I didn't feel that much yeah. differences after we got married, you know, even if we're long distance. So in total, we were long distance for a whole year. Mm-hmm. So the wedding was just there. And then sure, we changed our roles. But then it doesn't really feel that much different mm-hmm. um, from dating. Yeah. And then moving back to Xinjou, what was the most challenging thing that you first faced um, 
during the first year of our marriage? <laughs> the question. <laughs> well, I guess it's. I think we might have faced some of those challenges irrespective of where we lived in yeah. Shinshu or anywhere else. Yeah. So I would say those challenges were just first year of marriage. First year of marriage yeah. of a cross culture marriage and on living top of together. That. Yeah. Yeah. So like we had totally different way we grew up. We had different expectations of. Uh, from our life partners or yeah. even roommate. <laughs> so at that point, we we were kind of exploring that, you know, uh, each other's habits. Because, mm. I mean, dating is different than, you know, living with the person. So when we were, we got married and started living together is when we realized that what are the things that uh, kind of triggers you or what are the things that triggers me mm. or makes me angry or upset or one of the things I don't care about. And so that phase was kind of, uh, I would say, turbulence in, on our flight. Yeah. <laughs> are, there, are there examples that we can share? I felt that dishwashing part was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, well, there, there are endless examples we can share. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was more laid back on, you know, when to do dishwashing or... Because I didn't have to do it before. Yeah. So when I have to, I'm happy to do it, but I want to do it on my own timing. Yeah. But for you, it was like, you know, why is it happening so late and all? And then I was like, why I have to do it at this certain time? Right, right, right. <laughs> and what did you not like about my habits? I think putting spoons on the countertop. I don't even remember, actually. <laughs> I'm just so perfect in your eyes. <laughs> uh, not that ear. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can think so much about the house chores part. Yeah. That that I was struggling. Because it's like, for me, every weekend I need to clean the house. But it's not the same habit for you. And where yeah. to put things and all that. But like for you, did you find me very nagging? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Be honest. We're honest here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was really hard. Um, was social life hard for you? Because it was definitely hard for me. Uh, maybe not as much yeah. about social life, but yeah, that, I was going to you know share another challenge that we faced. Sure. And this is not necessarily about any couple would face, but this is more about the cross culture thing that. Because I was living in your country, yeah, and you know, the first language people speak there is your language. Yeah, Mandarin. And yeah. even though I'm a man, and you know, in the house, but you had to actually communicate with everybody. Yeah, so you had to talk to the landlord, you had to talk to the manager of the building, you had to talk to even if we are going to do grocery. So I, mm. I could go, but then, you know, I mean, I could buy grocery and stuff, I guess. Maybe not that. But if we had any issue with the electrician or calling a technician, so you have to contact every single person because mm. most of those people don't, did not really speak English or were not comfortable in English. So, yeah. you, so you, all the pressure, you know, goes to the partner mm. who speaks the language in the country. Yeah. So I guess that was one of the challenge. Uh, you felt more pressure living in your own country because you have to deal with a lot of things yeah. which I could not handle. And uh, I guess that is something that a lot of cross-culture couples could face if mm. they're living in a country where one of the couple's uh, language is not spoken. The yeah. pressure could be on the other uh, person mm. even if 
it's their own country. Did you feel the same thing when we were in India that you had to, you know, communicate everything? And basically, I'm just mute because like my Hindi is just survival skills, but the the real conversation with people and your family that you are always the person to go for. We didn't really have to live in yeah, India not, not as a long. as a couple,、That's、like、right. you know, like residing in India after getting married.、Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have actually experienced that. Challenge on the other from the other side,、mm. but I guess I had to just you know make you aware of certain norms and things like you know this place is not safe or you can't you know just、um, be so <laughs> you know、um, careless about your own safety while、mm. doing certain things or going to a certain place.、Mm. So those were the things I get. We had to just make you aware of, but yeah, I don't think we experienced the other thing. Yeah, and after one year of Shinju, is there anything else you would like to add for that year before we jump into the U.S. phase? I think you know we were blessed to have our church、uh, friends、mm-hmm. there in Shinju. That was a great support that we could go to. We could meet actually every week、mm-hmm. to the fellowship people and discuss、uh, different things, pray for each other, and even. Go to some annual events and have fun. So that was, I guess, a comforting part living in Shinju. And then in two thousand two two thousand two thousand seventeen summer, I got admission to the University of Denver, and then we just decided to move. So in August two thousand seventeen, we moved to Denver, and. Yeah, that was a coastal ride because I have been preparing to do my PhD for a long time since I was a teenager. I know that at some point in my life that I'm gonna do a PhD, but I think teaching in India just kind of helped me to to have that motivation because I see the need, but I couldn't do anything as a non-resident、uh, faculty or like I can never get into the system because I'm adjunct instructor, so I can only teach. Uh, languages and that was it. So, well, we went to the U.S. because I'm a U.S. citizen, so we、uh, apply for your residency,、uh-huh. and then that t- took a long time. So we do understand the immigrant difficulties or challenges, like of waiting for the work permit and and the permanent residency. That's right. That is another challenge that the cross cultural couples could face. Like if you are. Even living in one of your partner's、uh, country,、mm. then you do have to get the、uh, either the visa or the the immigration status、mm. for the spouse, and it does include some paperwork. You need to、uh, show your documents, even from your past. You need to show that、uh, your your marriage is legal and it's authentic; it's not fake. And so, yeah, if you know, going getting into a cross culture marriage, or even if you're planning for that,、mm. even from your dating time, you might want to start looking into the process because some of the documents, you know, might help. Even the pictures or stuff might help when you、yeah. uh, are in need of or in the process of applying for that、uh, immigration status or、mm. a green card or a residency. Yeah, and. So I guess there was one thing that was helpful、mm-hmm. uh, in our case, by God's grace, that you were already a resident here, so you could sponsor me、yeah. to、uh, get a living permit here or yeah, a residency yeah. Yeah. here in the U.S. But I have seen people here in the U.S. where the 
the sponsoring partner is on a green card itself and then they are mm. trying to get their spouse in the country so it is not as easy mm. to uh live all you know uh all together a third country if neither of the couple is from that country then the process becomes a little more difficult and but yeah it could depend it could be different in different countries and mm. the us is definitely difficult in other countries it might be easier yeah. or not so much mm. i do know that some friends in in taiwan they also um work there and they bring their uh spouses to taiwan so I, i've never chatted with them how easy or difficult was was the mm. process there Yeah, I I don't think it's easy in any country, but of course like the US is kind of like an immigrant immigrant country that so many people want to get in, so of course that that selection process will be longer or tougher. And so we came to Denver and I started my program which is so stressful, so much reading and I've never I was never educated in English. So so that reading was just so much and then the whole pressure of you know doing assignments and learning a new uh subject because in my master in my past I was focusing on language and, and you know teaching a language but I transfer into educational leadership so it's more like a uh bigger system school system and leadership role and some policy studies as well so everything's new on top of that the US system and Taiwanese system is so different in schooling and then I've never studied in the US so a lot of examples in class I couldn't relate to and a lot of homework that I have to do on my own to kind of um to catch up with the common sense that the domestic students have and on top of that you waited for a whole year to get your work permit so you couldn't work and every day just like oh you you stayed at home And I think that was frustrating for me because it's like I was also working and studying and then, you know, house chores, you couldn't drive. I think that was very difficult. You couldn't mm-hmm. drive. Um so so the first year I felt all the burdens was on me and and that was also when I realized that okay, my mental stress has has been off the chart. We need to do something about it. And then yeah. I think that's when I when I invite you to the couples uh therapy on campus. That's right. Yeah, cuz I I was like I can't do this alone. If I need to manage my marriage, I need to learn how to do that cuz like there's no way I can do that. And then in order not to get a divorce, so we probably need to do something about it to make our relationship better. Cuz I I just remember so many fights. I was so irritated. Yeah. And annoyed about everything. And sometimes it's not about you, but then I just vented on you. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you feel that year? Yeah, I mean I I totally agree with you that it was uh everything was different for us. I mean, the marriage itself, learning to know each other or to live with each other was new. Mm. Plus um new country which none of us was from here. So we're learning the new norms. Plus you are you're struggling with all your studies and um uh, all the other stuff and i am learning the new thing that of being unemployed yeah i was legally i shouldn't have uh i couldn't work mm-hmm. and people didn't you know suggest me to work illegally which mm. doesn't fit in my brain so i didn't want to do illegal illegal stuff so i didn't i choose not to work mm. till the time i get the work permit but then uh 
So initially it was not that bad because I thought, okay, the f- I was thinking I'll get it in around six months because I prepared all the documents pretty well. Yeah. And I, I did not go for a lawyer because we didn't want to, you know, waste money on that. And yeah. I thought it's not as complicated. I can do it myself. So I did all the po- paperwork myself. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first few months, my plan was that, okay, first few months I'm in when I'm unemployed, I'm going to work on my immigration documentations, just the time will be spent in that so I won't feel bad because I'm at least saving money for the lawyer Mm. and then the next few months plan was okay I'm gonna do some um, studies myself at home and take a certification for PHR Mm -hmm. uh, at that point of time uh, for the human resource management but I guess I you know I lost the motivation I didn't really study much for the certification of Mm. uh, PHR, I still did invest some time in, you know, uh, building network on LinkedIn or doing some more research, how to get it to work. I even picked up a new hobby of woodworking. But I guess that coming back to the challenging part of it was that, you know, we were still learning how to live a married life. And, and communicate. Communicate with oh, each other. Man, we yeah. didn't know what, you know, we actually expect. Sometimes I would feel, okay, I've already, you know, like done the cleaning or you know i'm gonna do it at night because i'm tired right now for you or it could be like you know maybe you felt that i just he does not want to do it yeah and for me it was like i'm gonna just do it at this certain time or mm-hmm. maybe you felt that you know he is not doing at all anything at home and i was like okay i'm working on this thing and that thing so i guess we were not communicating enough and mm-hmm. that was that was a bad uh, way of living and plus all the stress that we were going through individually and also that you know i was not to be honest very helpful in the house services and all even though i was not working i did not know how to do a lot of things right i mean Mm. i knew how to do it but i was not used to do it on daily basis so so i had to learn all that and i mean i'm totally uh, i was totally up with the idea that you know i have to support this is not just you know you doing everything and i I'm your partner. I want a partner. Mm. But it wasn't natural to me. So there was a lag all the time. And then, you know, that also caused uh, stress to you at that point of time and to us in in the marriage. And then that's when we decided to go for counseling. Sorry, I'm talking continually, but I think... That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's important to share that in cross-culture marriage mm. or any marriage, you would need help. To learn. Seriously, There's, we never take any classes in yes. class in, in school to to learn about communication or marriage, how to handle conflicts in a relationship. Exactly, and you know, I would say to any cross culture uh, couple listening to us right now that do not hesitate or do not uh, be ashamed of asking for help. Mm. You can start with you know just searching yourself on the internet. There are a lot of resources available. We approach to people we knew at church or elders or mentors who have already Mm. gone through these things. So I think there are two important things. First, don't don't be ashamed of asking for help. And second, uh, take the help from the right people. Don't just take, you know, advices from people, um, you know, just your friends who have no clue about what marriages or what cross-culture marriages Mm. or even sometimes you know uh it's not really healthy to take help from your immediate family oh yeah because um you know when you're going through struggle in marriage and you share those dark sides or negative sides 
of your partner with your your own parents or your family mm. then you know in future you both as a couple might resolve those issues or you might know or understand or realize that okay i misunderstood her or him but one once you have shared something negative about your spouse to your your family they would have that expression or impression of perception <laughs> for that person yeah. for your partner for the rest of your their life and yeah. you don't want to create that image and mm. then even if you were seeking help for marital related counseling from your immediate family they would always have a bias for you so you don't want to you know get that as well so it's not really healthy to go to the immediate families mm. i do have an example i think that's the mistake i made uh we were living with my brother in the second year of you know after we moved here and i mean we love each other so much and i share and i complain about louis to my brother and then he formed that kind of bias just like what you said and then um so he was feeling bitter towards you and i I felt like that's on my part cuz like you know I didn't know how to draw that boundary of not sharing everything or the negative things with him because he doesn't know how to judge like what to think or what to say. I I also share some of the things with my mom but I think later after one year she decided she's going to draw that boundary so she's not going to put that label on you from what whatever I say because she also knows that sometimes I like, when I tell the story is only my part of story. but you will have a completely different story to tell so it's not fair to only listen to her daughter so so that's the thing and then i felt like um because i didn't know the boundary so so i think my brother had some conflicts with you thinking that you were not cherishing me so i think everyone meant well we want to have a good relationship we want to handle things well and resolve conflicts but then we also kind of want to protect who we love then that miscommunication or misunderstanding kind of occurred so i'm just putting out my example here and then i felt like you know we hit rock bottom the first two years when we were here like i was so emotionally i mental health wise i was not well i was always talking about divorce how did that feel to you I guess to me the the thought of separation did not really come to me like I didn't think that was an option first of all I didn't think that the marriage was that bad <laughs> for me I was like okay we just had a fight okay I just did this wrong or you did that wrong we can we can you know come over this Jeez. it was never like to I never thought it's serious as bad that you know you would I would think about separation no okay. not at all. But then I I knew that you are thinking about that and you're really so stressed about it. So I wanted to help. That's why we reached out for help. And I think you you know one smart thing or another smart thing you did was that even when we were dating, you made me promise that, you know, before um getting married that whenever in our marriage even if one of us feel that we need to go for counseling mm. that we should go for counseling. Yeah. So I promised you before you know while we were dating that okay mm. if anyone of us feel we should go for uh marriage counseling then we would go. So I just honored that mm. uh promise when we actually needed it because I personally did not feel we needed mm. but you you were really sure we needed. So just to fulfill that promise I I stepped in and and you know joined that counseling session. Yeah. Which 
which did help. We, you know, got good advice from the professionals yeah. and, and different part of life or different issues, yeah. how to deal with it. Before we jump into the uh, therapy part, I just want to ask something like some people will ask me, is it that bad that you really want to get divorced and why didn't you get divorced and all that? It's like, I think for you, it's like, I don't know, maybe your comfort level is pretty, pretty good. So it's like you're feeling there's nothing that much uh different it's just a fight but for me it's like i accumulate a lot of emotions and also i learned through counseling that i didn't know how to process my emotions so i just kind of layered it up and all the way that 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 sadness dis- disappointment frustration became bitterness so for me it's not about divorce it's about ending the struggle and then divorce was the only way i can think of because i'm not gonna kill myself so i'm like okay if i want to end this drama I think the only way is to get a divorce. But was I really when I when I was I insane insane? So sure, that's what I say. But when I'm sane, I I know that I want to keep trying. I don't feel great when I am failing in my marriage, and then I could not find a solution. So then that was like. I always look for help, look for information. Like maybe, okay, couples therapy, let's try that. Like this is our last draw, last resort, and then we can you can try that thing. So it's like, is it that bad for my emotional state? Yes, it was so bad. Um, and then at that time, I didn't have any friends to talk about. Like most of my best friends are not married. They still are not married. <laughs> and then I couldn't talk to my family because I don't want them to feel negatively about Louis you and it's just very I, I feel like it's also not being heard for my part because I, I talk a lot like I want to feel listened I want to share my frustration but there was just no one that is close enough and also in the same time zone that was so difficult because like every time I have to schedule a call with my best friends um so then all the resources was were in in Taiwan or maybe in India like the close friends so it is a little challenging for me to navigate with the whole situation. And um, yeah, and then um, how we landed in therapy outside of our campus, because our campus only offered 10 times uh, for an academic year for, for that price. And then later it will become more expensive. Then uh, my doctor, when, when we're talking about my health, and then she's like, I think you're stressed. So then it's like, you probably should go for therapy. And then so that's how I got referred. And also I got um, Medicaid. So that's a free insurance for low-income students and also like citizens. So uh, I had the privilege to use that Medicaid insurance to go through uh, couples therapy. So I actually went through personal, like individual therapy, and then they referred me to couples therapy um, in the halfway. So what was your... So, like, I know that you already went through the one that at the U. So, did you change your perspective about what therapy was? Not really, I guess. Maybe not much. But I was just open to try for help because I knew that we did need help. And I didn't know how. But I was okay. Because I knew that, you know, if you were confident in this thing, then, you know, you're smart. So, there would be reasons why you want to do it. So, I would give it a try. And... And when we met, you know, one of her uh, counselors and mm. uh, the session went pretty well, what she made us realize is was to understand each other more in a way that 
rather than talking about you know why we are fighting and what we are fighting for mm. talking about you know what is causing us to be stressed what are the things we are perceiving differently how can we you know understand each other better so those things did work and help so that's why i, I continued to it and just taking a step back again mm. you know talking about I, i really like the way you said that accumulating the stress is what mm. uh, causes us to feel like you know getting separation or yeah. you know, just end the struggle and that's a very good point i would say that it doesn't happen overnight mm. i don't think any couple would just wake up one day and decide to just separate or and mm. and unless you know something really bad happened yeah <laughs> but i guess it's over the time thing it builds up you we as a couple we build wall between each other yes. brick by brick yeah and so it's it's important to you know like kick off that brick each time we put a brick of fight or uh, struggle between yeah. us we kick it off we resolve that before it becomes a big wall mm. so it, it's important to resolve your conflicts as you face them mm. and We, I, I just want to put it right here. It's like we're also Christians or we're a Christian, devoted Christian couple, but then we even encounter so many problems and challenges in our lives. So it's not like we don't believe what we believe. Like we still pray to God and we know that God is going to help us. And even through this day, I, I don't think if without God's mercy, we can still stay married. But God also uses like medical professionals, um, counseling professionals to help us. And if we do believe there is a way in our marriage, there is always a way. Because like God's not going to give up on our marriage. And, and there are resources or helps that we can get along the way too. Yeah, that is right. There's always a help. It's... Marriage is difficult, but it is beautiful. That's what we heard before mm. getting into it. And I, I truly believe it. It is beautiful. And yes, it is challenging. So it's important that we keep putting efforts to to make it smooth, to mm. make it beautiful, and to enjoy each other. It might not be the same case for everyone. Not everybody faced the same struggle or same level of Uh, struggle or stress mm. but uh, if anybody does feel any stress or struggle in a cross-culture marriage or even in just a relationship mm. it is it is normal and it is good to seek for help and if, if possible for professional help yeah one of the examples i feel it's very helpful for other people to understand what we do in counseling so I have been very upset with the garage situation, right? You used up the whole uh, garage and then you pile things in there. For me, I felt it was messy. But for you, it's like, eh, it's my cave, right? And then so in therapy, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then so our therapist was very professional. She kept asking me how I felt about this situation. Why do you feel so annoyed and all that? I couldn't answer the question. I, I feel like we were never trained or educated or aware about our emotions and feelings. So then after she tackled so many times with the same question, and I'm like, <sighs> all right, the garage is messy. It makes me feel ashamed 
because when I have friends and people coming into the garage, I have to take them with my car. I show them the ugliest, the messiest spot of my home. I feel very ashamed because when I was growing up, we never show this part to other people, and and so I think. I think even that at that point, I understood so much about myself as well. I don't know how much you understood my、uh, perspective. Then I realized that it is from my childhood. Like we never show the dirty socks to other people. We try to put it and then present it, prepare a good place for people to see, and then that builds up my values. So, is there anything you wanna add that you have epiphany during therapy? I can't think of anything right yeah. now. Yeah, so I I felt like myself. I understand so much more about learning about myself,、um, and also it helps our marriage in that way. Almost about it. Before we end, is there anything else you would like to say? Any big lessons or how marriage has taught you? Okay, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit more that we just touched. Earlier, that you know, you felt that you want to get out of this relationship or end the relationship, and for me, it was like、um, it's a fight, and I don't think you know I feel like getting separ- separated or、mm. anything of that sort. It really hurt or feel felt bad. Yeah, I was sad or whatever, but you know, not to the point. So I think you know,、um, I that reminds me of、uh, something that. <laughs> Pastor Phil from the ICF、mm-hmm. in one of his messages he shared about hitting the wall.、Mm. So it's I'm taking it out of context, but I'm taking that example of hitting the wall. So、mm. the hitting the wall means like you know you are just take an example. You're running a race and you're running fast and you know you have energy and everything. And but you know there's a point where you just cannot take any. Single step more,、mm-hmm. you just hit your wall,、mm. and after that you would just would probably fall on the ground. So hitting the wall is like you know when you're done, done, basically.、Mm. So I guess you know talking out of that context, but give using that as an example in a marriage or in a relationship, I would say that we have as a couple we have different stamina for stress. Yeah, and. It's normal for one partner to feel like terribly upset or or negative about a relationship to the point of ending the relationship.、Mm. At the same time, the other person not feeling the same level of distress or、uh, level of discomfort from the marriage.、Mm. And I I believe personally that it, it's basically that we have different、uh, level. Of stamina, mentally, like、yeah. like you know, for physically, we some person can run hundred meters, some can two. I can't run a single meter,、mm. <laughs> but I guess that stamina matters. So we should be, we should be open, and res- we should respect other person's、uh, strength mentally as well. Like in case if one of our partner feels that I'm done with it, then rather than just Blaming the partner that how the how dare do you say feel that you know our relationship is not working it's working fine、mm. or you know why don't you put enough efforts or things like that I guess you know the partner who's not feeling as bad、mm. should give it a thought yeah and should trust the pa- other partner that if the partner is feeling so bad 
and maybe they are hitting their wall. Maybe they have reached the level of the stress beyond which their stamina, their mental stamina doesn't allow them to take any more stress. So maybe that's the point to stop and to help your partner to gain some stamina or just gain some strength and you got to communicate or mm. take that help from somebody. Yeah. So it's important to acknowledge and respect each other's uh, level of stress. I agree because I think everyone feels differently. Like for when I'm feeling stressed and I'm I'm articulating saying that hey I'm stressed. But if someone just say that they have no empathy saying, "Oh, why are you stressed?" So but then then are you, I'm not lying about my feelings, right? And then the other person if they don't understand how I'm feeling, at least we shouldn't negate how the other person is feeling because what we are feeling is the fact. I feel this way, you might not feel this way, but also in marriage it's a partnership. So if I feel this way, Louis doesn't, I need to respect that he doesn't, but he needs to understand right now I'm feeling this way. So so it's also interesting how marriage has trained me to be more flexible and reflective and also I guess to be a little I wouldn't say I'm so humble. But it definitely taught me that I cannot achieve everything and I have no control about almost everything. It's just like I cannot control how you think or how I feel or how to handle the whole marriage situation. But then I think the biggest lesson from that is that I can always ask for help. But also it's like, you know, when we want to save face, we're from Asian culture, it's like, I want to save my face. I don't want to talk about my struggles and all that. So I, I just want to hide away. But then it's not helping my situation at all. So I eventually need to come out and say, hey, I need help. I need to learn this. I need to relearn something. Or I need to face the fact that this is our marriage. This is not our parents' marriage or values. So we need to create our new culture as well. Yeah. So, I guess we covered most of the things we want to cover. And uh, I know that some people will ask us questions. So, feel free to, you know, leave messages to us or email us at shywithping at gmail.com. And we would love to, um, you know, we would love to pray for you, encourage you, and also listen to your situation. Because I, I did get messages from from people when they're having cross-cultural uh, relationships, especially Taiwanese and Indians. Um, so, not saying that we have the answer, but we would like to support. Yes, Louis, you have something to say? Thank you for inviting me on your <laughs> podcast. And I'm glad I could, you know, join you on yeah. this uh, episode today. Mm. And I would just end on a note that, you know, marriage is a journey. Relationship mm. is a journey. You will have your highs and you will have your lows mm. and for us as well we we still fight we still love each other mm. we, we we like each other more some days we don't like each other enough other days but i guess we <laughs> at least for i could say for myself even when i don't like you yeah. i still love you yeah and that's a choice and i guess it is like a plant that you know a relationship is like a plant that we both uh, seated together mm. and just like a plant needs water every day or every week yeah. and it needs sun sunshine sunlight similarly the relationship needs that too so we, mm. we gotta you know keep at pouring the water or nourishment that it needs we need to keep 
putting it out in the sun. Mm. So we need to put efforts and we also need to have fun. Yeah. And we do need to have fights as well because that's how we got to communicate better. Yeah. Happy anniversary. It has been difficult and also some joyful moments, but I do hope our episode and our sharing will be encouragement to other people because I do know marriage is not easy and then there will be people listening to this episode. I really pray that you'll be encouraged and blessed. And I know that some people are going into marriage, some people are already married, and some people are in different seasons. So, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time. You have to speak with the manager. We can keep going, but we just need to turn it off. I think it's gonna take some time to stop. <laughs> Interesting. Really? I don't know. Well, I mean, there is a plug. Oh, okay. Great. Where was that? Um, so I was talking to the, you know, talking to landlord. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one thing I wanted to say about, you know, uh, when we were talking a little back, a little. One thing I wanted to say that, you know, we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh first. You you clap when you're ready. So one thing I wanted to say, uh, you know, that was about.